0: Have your Bibles. Let's go to Galatians
1: chapter 4. And I want to try to finish this series today. And I just want to share this with you. And I believe it's going to bless you. It's going to be the information, instruction, insight, wisdom that we need for our lives. We're just so glad you're here. What a joy to see each and every one of you. We bless you. Are you blessed? Are you hungry? Are you ready for some information? Are you ready for God to speak to us? Yes, we are. Galatians chapter 4. And I shared this last week and I want to go to it again. Galatians chapter 4, uh, verse 28. It says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was. Say that with me. As, and we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of the promise. Hallelujah. How many of you know Abraham's blessings are yours? How many know every promise to Abraham, and every promise of the Word of God is yours? You're an heir of God. But it goes on to say... But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman or cast out bondage and her son. For the son of bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but we are what? We are what? Somebody shout out free. Free. You're not born again to bondage, but you're born again into freedom. And it talks about the bondage and the things of this world would love to persecute the freedom that Christ has put on the inside of you. And you're born free because of the blood of Jesus, not by works, least any man should boast. It's not what you can do. It's not what you've done. It's all by the redemptive plan of God. And as I was meditating on this, the Lord put an anointing, and I want to encourage you, there's an anointing to read Hosea right now in a special way. And the Lord brought me to Hosea and had me read the whole book. And one of the things about Hosea was Hosea was told by God to go and to get a prostitute. And the thing about this prostitute is, uh, one of the funny things is that she liked raisin cakes. Because that's what you could buy her for was a raisin cake. Uh, uh, If if it was a... this would be a redneck joke, I guess we'd stop and get a box of Pop-Tarts. But anyway, she liked raisin cakes. And he went to get her, and he got her, and then she left him, and she got pregnant for him, and then had his child, and had another child, and had another child. And she'd leave and go back to prostitution, and he'd go get her and bring her back. And God was allowing this to show the heart of Israel to God. But what happens in chapter 3 when he goes, he buys her for 50 pieces of silver And I think a raisin cake. And he buys her and he takes her home and he says, You will not call me master, but from today forward, he says in the Hebrew, You will call me husband. And the thing about bondage is that we think of the Word of God, the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But think about being free sons and daughters of God. Jesus says is all summed in this. It's not that thou shalt not. It's, I love Him so much, I don't want to. And I started thinking, and I'm going to really work on this. You, read, you hear a lot of people preach on Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or I shall not lack. And a lot of people want to use that in the realm of blessings and prosperity, and it's true. But how about this? Isn't it also true that the Lord is my shepherd? He is so near to me. He is so wonderful to me. He is so kind to me that I do not want to steal. I do not want to kill. I do not want to use His name in vain. I do not want to commit adultery. I do not want... The Lord is my shepherd. He is my Father. He is my everything. The Lord is my shepherd. I love Him so much. I love the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my might. I don't want to do anything against Him. And that's where the bondage... Bondage and freedom cannot coexist... You cannot have a little bit of bondage and say you're free because a little bit of bondage spoils the glory of the freedom of God. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And God wants you to get a revelation, me to get a revelation, that He has set us free, not to be subject again to the yoke of bondage. It even says in the next verse, Galatians 5, verse 1, stand fast in the freedom wherewith God has set you free, not to be entangled again to the yoke of bondage. He hasn't called us to be in bondage. But so many times we try to hype ourselves up and we pray and we say, Oh, I, I felt in this mistake again. I felt in that mistake again. Listen, you will never be able to conquer addictions and sins and problems. You will not be able to conquer what you want to conquer by just saying it and wanting to conquer it. You've got to fall more in love with Jesus than you are with the thing. I've got to fall more in love with Jesus than I am in love with lust. I have to fall more in love with Jesus than I am about anger or jealousy or envy. I have to fall more in love. That means you just have to stay and create an atmosphere. Say that with me, an atmosphere. Atmosphere of freedom. We won't go there, but Romans chapter 5 talks about about also suffering. For his sake. And we read here, it says that the bondage persecutes the freedom. Now, now, let me just talk to you for a few moments here. The bondage persecutes the freedom. It says in Romans chapter 5, it talks about suffering for the glory of Christ. Listen, this suffering, this persecution says that it builds character. And about what I want to talk today is about if we are going to be blessed, we have to have an atmosphere of blessing. And I just received a magazine and I have it up there and it says, God blesses, but He doesn't bless when it's messed. The mess messes up the blessings of God. And I was thinking about Jacob. And I mentioned Jacob. We read a few scriptures last week. And it said that Jacob, he left and all he had on was the clothes that he had on and a stick. And he said, Lord, if you bless me. And he stole that blessing from his older brother. And his dad blessed him. And he left with the blessing. And it says that after 20 serving Laban for 20 years, he came back. He had two camps. And it says he was rich in cattle. he He had two companies of cattle and camels. He had everything. But it says that on the way back, he got to a place and he started wrestling with God. And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And that's where the Spirit of God said, that's where I want you to tell my people. You can never be happy with just a material blessing. Because Jacob had everything, but he still wasn't happy with himself even though he had two companies of camels and cattle, and even though he had sons and daughters and wives, and even though he had left with nothing, he came back and his daddy had blessed him and the material blessing had came to pass, he still knew who he was when he looked in the mirror. The camels, the blessings, the gold, the silver, that was not the blessing. Why? Why? Here it is. God says, not only will I bless you, but I will make you a blessing. And Jacob told, this is why he was wrestling. He said, I'm not letting you go until you make me a blessing. Oh, I've been blessed, but I have not been a blessing. I have ripped everybody off that I can. I have lied and I have cheated in every way I can. Oh, I've got the blessings of God. But deep down, I'm not a blessing. I'm a liar. When you go through the persecution and when you're wondering, why am I still fighting these addictions? Why am I still fighting these sins? What is going on in my life? It's because even the memory of what you might have done is to humble you, to cry out to God and to push you to say, Lord, I'm just not crying out for blessings because a house won't make me happy. But peace with who I am will. Until I have peace in my heart of who I am. Until I have peace and I have peace with God. Until I am at rest. Everybody wants to give you everything of how you can be blessed and oh you can get cars and you can get houses and I want, we want to give you a seminar about how you can get out of debt and we want to give you a seminar about how to, how to do this and how to be able to have vacations and how to have a home in the country and a home in the city. We want to teach you how to be blessed and it's all about the blessing but Jacob lived years saying have the blessing, but I'm still not happy until I am a blessing. And I cannot be a blessing until I change. I cheated my brother. I lied and connived my dad. I did everything that was wrong. And how can I go around and say, oh, I'm so blessed when I know I, I am not a blessing. You and I today, America, we're a blessed people. But we don't live in an atmosphere of the blessing because many times who we are. The blessing exists. But I'm just not crying out for the blessing. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a sower of peace and of love. I want to be a giver of the blessing. And, you know, we've been taught for so long, uh, you know, we, we respond automatically. Lord, bless you. Oh, I am blessed. And it's all about us being blessed. But it's supposed to be about us being a blessing. We've put so much emphasis on the material. Where you and I know the material is going to burn up. And the material doesn't reap the rewards before Christ in glory. You hear me, church? We're struggling with character. The word blessing means to speak what you desire to come to pass. Where it, word, the, the word curse means speak what you don't want to come to pass. So what I want to show you here is that many times we are cursing what God has called blessed. And many times we're living in an atmosphere that we don't like because many times we are creating it because of what is on the inside. Let me give you an example. For example, a lot of times... Parents, especially dads, have had this common practice. Son, if you don't straighten up, you're going to end up in jail. And we think that scare tactic will scare him to start behaving. But the truth is, we're speaking prison over his future. We go to our daughter and we say, young lady, you listen to me. Can I use you? Young lady, listen to me. You keep living this lifestyle, you're going to end up pregnant. Guess what? She ends up pregnant. You know you'll never amount to nothing. But then we say, I'll never amount to nothing. And then we say, this job will never amount to nothing. The Word of God says that when God created something, He stepped back at the end of the day and He said it was good. You and I go to work and get back home and we say it was awful. I wonder who we're imitating. We're supposed to say, we've got a great job, like God said of what He created. We stand back and we say everything, that can, everything that's wrong with it. We've got to create an atmosphere of blessing. Let me give you another example. You are accepted in God. But listen how these little curses create an atmosphere that's wrong for us. Let me, let me use the ladies for an example. For example, you hear a, a, a lady say, Oh, I just hate my hands. You got beautiful hands. I hate my hands. Well, when you get older, it's amazing how many times pain starts in the hands. I hate my legs. I wish I had legs like that one or that this one. I hate my legs. I don't know why I have to have short, chubby legs when I should have long, skinny legs. Or I just hate my legs. And guess what? You curse it, and later on, guess where the pain starts? In the legs. And it's amazing that we start creating atmosphere, we start cursing things when we're supposed to be blessing. Thank God for my short, stubby legs. If that's what you got. You need to bless them. Thank God for legs that are going to serve me all my life. Thank God for my hands. Thank God. Instead of cursing... We need to create an atmosphere of blessing. Are you following me, church? We need to bless what God calls bless. And we live in an atmosphere where we're so busy cursing those things, and we wonder, why am I going through this? Well, maybe it was something you said. And God wants us to be careful of the atmosphere that we build so that we don't have these curses coming upon our lives and reoccurring. And a lot of times we're speaking these things and, and we don't want to. For example, you ever had a Ford? I'm not speaking nothing over Ford, but yep, you know, but you ever have a Ford? And, and, and when I was a kid I had my first car was a Ford Maverick. I bought for three hundred dollars and it was three hundred colors, hundred dollars for every color. But thank God for it. We had fun in it. Erected a few times and dang, banged the dents out and get back and go again. But you know what we used to say, Ford? Found on the road dead. Yeah, that's what Ford. Found on the road dead. And do you know how many times my dad had to come with a chain and pull me on? Found on the road dead. It's amazing how many things we curse when we're supposed to be blessing them and thanking God for them. Amen. So we see here that we've got to watch. I hate my hair. I hate the way I walk. We're criticizing and we're cursing when we need to be blessing and imparting a blessing. I want you to look with me. Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. You got to make a promise today. I'm not going to put any part of my body down again. I wish I had blue eyes. I wish I had green eyes. I wish I had blonde hair. I wish I had black hair. Well, you can change some of that. But we're always so quick to criticize, and I believe a lot of us are not the blessing that we're supposed to be because we're so busy complaining, criticizing of what we are or what we're not. We always want to be somebody else when God made you and wrote a book about you in the womb of your mother. And he said it was good. Well, God, I wish you'd have made me taller. No, I I need you short. I love variety. And you need to love who God made. Because how can you love your neighbor unless you love yourself? I know this may sound simple, but I'm going somewhere with this atmosphere thing. Look at what it says in Genesis 32, verse 1. So Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And Jacob saw them. He said, this is God's camp. And he called the name of the place Mahanim. And look at verse 30. It says in verse 30, So Jacob called the, pl- the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. We see here he's talking about an atmosphere that is blessed. How many of you know you can cause your, your house to be blessed, your, uh, your car to be blessed? You can cause all these different things to be blessed if, if, if you want to, but we have to be careful of how we, we, we say things. For example, I have had people tell me, Pastor, I received my healing, but when I got home, the pain came back. Or you, you see people who come to church, and they come to church, and they get to church, and you know they got their arm around their wife, and there's men who have their arm. This is not talking about them. But they're holding hands, and they're loving each other, and everything's just great at church. But when they open the garage door, or they pull in the driveway on the way home, the fight starts. And they start wondering, you know what? We must be in the wrong church. No, everything was fine when you're at church. Something's wrong when you get home. There's an atmosphere. And let me just tell you something about this atmosphere. I'm going to give you a spiritual truth here before I go into what I want to get into here. How many of you know the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath? Well, I got a revelation. How many of you have seen the Grinch? When do the Grinch go in the house? At nighttime. The Grinch went in the house at nighttime. Guess what? The Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Because when you're asleep, you're in a coma state. And you're not awake and you're not in control. And the things you say and the things you fight about before you go to sleep, those things stay in the atmosphere while you sleep. That's why you've got to say, honey, wake up. We're not going to sleep. We're not letting this stay in the house until we get it fixed and we get it under the blood. You know why? I want a tight, secure house in the atmosphere like I want a tight, secure house on the outside. I want to keep the thieves out, but I want to keep the spirit of strife out too. Are you listening to me? When you are asleep the words and the things that's going on in the atmosphere is continuing while you're asleep because you're not conscious and you're not able to combat it while you're sleeping. Are you hearing me? This is spiritual truth, and I'll give you some scriptures here in a minute. For example, you take music. Ozzy Osbourne singing, uh, Suicide is the Solution. Mick Jagger wrote two songs. One is, I'd rather worship Satan and the other, Compassion for Demons. Now, you get this music and even country music and some of these others, you got to watch it because they'll sing things and put things in the atmosphere. And if you don't put your house under the blood and you don't cover it before you go to sleep, that I'm laying here with Linda on my mind starts going to work. (laughs) And you start wondering, where did Linda come from? Why am I thinking of brother so-and-so? Why am I thinking of sister so-and-so? Well, maybe some of that music. And then you've been watching some movies and you don't say the GD word and you don't say the four-letter words and you don't do those type of things, but you allow it to come on your TV. Let me give you a revelation. I saw it the other day when I was somewhere. Those pictures, that TV, and now you can have 50-inch TVs. That just means bigger landing strips. What are you talking about? That TV works as a landing strip for demons to land in your house, roll in your carpet, and walk in your house. That radio turns into a landing strip for evil spirits just to come on in. While they're singing suicide and songs of rebellion, it comes in and it lands in that house. And you wondering why are the kids fighting? Why are things going wrong? And You can say, amen, preach against that rock music. Preach against that country music. Preach about those dirty movies. But how about your tongue? You ever saw the shaggy DA? That tongue just rolls out and them spirits and those curses just land in that home. And I wonder why things ain't working out. I don't wonder why me and the missus are fighting all the time. I wonder why all these things are going on. Is maybe the TV, the radio, the mouth or other things are opening up as landing strips in your home. And these spirits are landing and they're building and they're growing. And instead of the house of David, which is the house of praise, growing stronger, the house of Saul, which is a house of rebellion, is growing stronger. You listen to me, church. These are things we've got to think about. And one of the things I wanted to show you, for example, let's say about music, is in the area of, there's this book called, I Don't Listen to the Lyrics Handbook. And it's made by Phil Chambers. And in this book, he gives websites of Dr. Dobson and others where you can look up and you will be surprised at even singers from the 50s and 60s and 70s, some of the lyrics that they use when you look up these different singers and stuff on the Internet and you wonder, why... Why? Why, why are our children so depressed? Why are they fighting? Why are they falling into sexual sins? Why are they getting to drugs and alcohol? Well, because something's becoming a landing strip for something that you don't want to land. You know what? We must not be. We fight all the time. We must not be. No, you're married and you're going to stay married. You're just going to fix the problems and become a blessing. Amen i tell you something else. I've lost people because I talk about smoking. But it says on the packet, it'll cause cancer. So when you do this, that becomes a landing strip for something to get in your lungs that don't belong there. But how about this? Becomes a landing strip for something to affect you with Diabetes. Or something else. Because you don't watch what you eat. Now, some of it's inherited, I know, and so forth and so on. But I'm just saying it's amazing how many things become landing strips. And we wonder, why am I not blessed? I got all the tapes and the books on blessings. God can't bless a mess. He wants to. But He can't bless a mess. Because we keep pushing it out. These landing strips keep coming in our home, and these different things keep coming out. So we we need to get rid of this. Not let the sun go down on our wrath. We need to get along, and let, we need to get put it under the blood. We need to lock it down, and everything. For example, Proverbs eighteen six says, "Fools' words get them into constant quarrels." Honey, why do we always fight? You just like your mom. No, proverb. Proverb. No, that's not what proverb says. Proverbs twenty-two ten. Don't drive out. It says, drive out a scoffer, drive out the spirit of scoffing, and strife will go out, and quarrelling and abuse will cease. Proverbs eighteen nineteen. An offended friend, husband, wife, whatever, is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Titus three nine. Stay away from mindless, pointless quarrelling. Gets you nowhere. Now, quickly, I want you to look with me, uh, turn to Leviticus, and I want to I stay here for just a few, the remainder of the time. In Leviticus chapter 14, and I want to show you something about the atmosphere. Leviticus chapter 14. Now, how many of you know you're, you're promised blessings, amen? amen? And you're promised to be a blessing. But listen, so was the Israelites. And what happened to them? They died in the wilderness. Because they didn't mix what they heard with faith. Now, what did God tell them in Exodus chapter 13? He says, I am going to give you a land that is rich and blessed. I'm going to give you a land to possess that is going to be wonderful. And he even says, listen to this. Ah, I'm going to give you houses you didn't even build. But he also said they just they got lost when they heard that. He also said, I'm going to give you laws and how to dedicate, enter, and take possession of those houses because some of those houses are cursed. And I want you to see here in Leviticus. He says it's exceeding great houses. You're going to inhabit houses you didn't build. But look what it says in Leviticus chapter 14. Look at verse 33. Look at verse 33. Look at this in your Bibles, please. Because I believe this is so important for you to see. Leviticus chapter 14 verse 33. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when you come into the land of Canaan, oh, hallelujah, and I give you for a possession. Glory to God. And I put a case of leprosy. And I put a case of leprous disease in a house in the land of your possession. In a house in the land of your possession. Then he who owns this house shall come and tell the priest. Now, right there, I want you to make a note. Tell the priest. Listen now. Tell the priest means there's something spiritual about this. I'm giving you a house and you're going to see why. I'm giving you a house that you didn't build, but there's leprosy. Write this down. Leprosy speaks of spiritual numbness, and coldness, deception, and iniquity. There's a numbness in the atmosphere. There's not a sensitivity that we need for the glory of God because the leprosy would get into the skin and the cells and cause the body to start going numb and they couldn't be sensitive like they were supposed to. It says, there seems to me to be some case of disease in my house. In other words, listen now, I sense something wrong in my house and it's amazing how much we hear this. So today I'm going to tell you what to do. There's something wrong in my house. There's something going on in my business. There's something. We've done everything we've known to do. And it says, in case of disease in my house, then the priest shall command that they empty the house. Empty. Say empty. Empty the house before the priest goes to examine the disease, least all that is in the house be declared unclean. Things in the house declared unclean. And afterward the priest shall go and see the house. And he shall examine the disease. And if the disease is in the walls of the house, listen to this, with greenish or reddish spots... And if it appears to be deeper than the surface, then the priest shall go out of the house of the door of the house and shut up the house for seven days. And the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look at it. And if the disease is spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take out the stones in which the disease and throw them out into the unclean place outside the city. And he shall have the inside of the house scraped all around and the plaster that they scrape off shall they pour out in an unclean place outside of the city and they shall take other stones and put them in the place of these stones and they shall take other plaster and plaster the house. And if the disease breaks out again in the house, after that he hath taken the stones and scraped the house and plastered it and the priest shall go and look. And if the disease has spread in the house, it is persistent leprosy, disease in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house its stones and timber and all the plaster of the house, and it shall carry them out the side of the city in an unclean place. Moreover, whoever enters the house while it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening, so forth and so on. And it says in verse 48, But if the priest comes and looks, and if the disease is not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, for the disease is healed. There's something wrong with the house. People, Some people call the house haunted. Some people say, you know what, I don't know why, but since we rented this home or we moved into this home, my wife and I are constantly fighting, the kids are constantly crying. You know, when you rent a home or buy a home, you don't know who the people were or what they did before you moved in. You don't know. A lot of times people buy houses because there's been a house for sale because a couple divorced. And since they weren't strong believers, maybe, or they didn't know spiritual truths, they fought in that house and they let the sun go down on their wrath in that house. And all the strife and all the fighting, and all the bickering is in the walls of that house. And God would supernaturally let them green spots and them red spots appear to show them there's a curse on this house. Now, I have the Torah there, and I won't turn to it, but in the Torah, the rabbis confirmed what the word was saying. If you remember that when the spies went to talk to Rahab the harlot on the walls of Jericho, she said, our hearts are failing us because we know that your God is the true God, and God is going to give you the land. And we know that we're going to lose everything we own. So this is what they found out in history, and we saw this on the mission field. The dwellers of the land said, we're going to lose everything. We're going to die because their God is God. But we want to get them back anyway. Let's get our silver and our gold and let's turn it into demon idols. And let's bury it in the foundation of the home. Let's put some voodoo dolls and people laugh. Oh, there's nothing. We've seen what voodoo dolls can do. We've been in third world countries where they practice magic from childhood and they believe deeply in it. We've seen what idols can do. And see, God cannot bless what he despises. And he says, if the priest comes in and he sees this leprosy, he sees these lines of mildew. Mildew speaks of the contaminated in the sin. And he says, there's something here we need to break it down. And they keep going through the different things and it doesn't go away. He says, listen, there's something buried under here that's causing the presence of God not to be here. There's something hidden in the closet or under the mattress. There's something in the attic maybe from somebody or there's something in the atmosphere from somebody who might have been a child molester before you moved in here and you wonder why the atmosphere is so heavy. You wonder why there are figures walking up and down the halls. You wonder what's going on and it's because God and it even says in the Torah that God loves His people so much He doesn't want you to live ignorantly not knowing that there is a curse underneath your feet. He says, I'm revealing that there is a situation and you need to deal with it. Now, some people say, well, you know, I don't believe in that hocus pocus stuff. I don't believe in haunted houses. Well, I tell you what, there's a bunch of people who's gone through it and going through it because there's something evil in that home. And you can anoint it and you can bless it, but there's something there. And what you've got to do, you've got to continually fight it and look and find the roots of it to break. What is what is opening the door that nothing ever works in this house? Why is something always breaking down and it's a new home? Why are we always fighting? Why aren't the kids getting along? Why is there always something going? Why are people hurting? Why are we so accident prone? Why is all of this happening? And it says there's something that was put there as a curse. Because Rahab said, we know you're going to take our houses. But we're not giving up without a fight. Jesus says, you got to first bind the strong man. And when you bind the strong man, he goes out, you cast him out, he goes out, but then he comes back with seven more. And the state and condition of the person or the home is worse than it was than before. So that all the church, we always preach about, oh, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. But yet there is a huge majority that when they're honest say, oh, I believe I'm blessed, but you don't look like I'm blessed. But then you've got to pray. Lord, who was in this business before I was? Who was in this car doing whatever in this car before I bought this used car? Who was in these used clothes before I bought it? And I thank God for these clothes, but something's wrong. And he talks in that same chapter about the cursed clothes. And you say, that just sounds all weird and that sounds all funny, but it's in the word. And what you've been doing ain't working. So why not try God's way and start getting the blessings? Now, I can't finish a series on the blessings without just telling you the truth. That we have seen and we have witnessed. I, I, don't, I could spend all day telling you the things that we have found in houses and on roofs and behind pictures and in the foundation and in walls. Stuff that people have left curses and demonic manifestations happening. And you may not have ghosts walking in your home. You may not have demonic manifestations. But you may not have peace or healing or joy either. You know what was wrong with Jacob? Let me just bring this back here. You know what was wrong with Jacob? He had everything, but he wasn't happy. You know what's wrong with Americans? We have everything, but we're not happy. We've got to find something else. And let me tell you something, church, and listen, you you, you can take this or leave it, this message. You can say, well, you know, I don't buy it, but I will say this. I believe that a lot of us who play with the Internet, porn, uh, drinking, cussing, movies we shouldn't be seeing, we're no different than Lot. Because when the angel of the Lord came, he said, here, take my daughter's. When you and I don't secure our houses, we're saying, take my son's. Come on, church. Let a homosexual come to my house and try to get one of my boys. I've got clubs and I've got guns. I'm not waiting on the angels. I'm going to start shooting. I don't have homophobia, but I got a 44 Magnum. I do. Is that what I got? Huh? A little smaller. I'm getting a 44 Magna. In the spirit. But I got some other guns too. I got some bone arrows and I've got some swords and I got some axes. Man, I got a kitchen knife. You ain't having my kid. But yet, to sit back idly, my little ones, my little one just had his birthday and he wanted a special game and I looked up on it and it had too much gore and violence and but daddy, others do. And so I went. got him a book that I have from Zig Ziglar that explained kids killing kids and the violence of them video games. That desensitizes them. And I said, son, I just don't want you to hear it from daddy because it sounds like daddy's always preaching. Here, I want you to read it. And then I want your other brother to read it. I want you to read that. It's just not that daddy's preaching all the time. Daddy loves you. And daddy's not going to be like Lot that I lost my wife, I'm taking my daughter's. I don't care about my house. I don't care about my God. I don't care about my convictions. I don't care about my kids. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let sex take my kids. I'll let drugs take my kids. Why? Because, I, you know, they got their own life. And they got to do their own way. Not while I'm living. They may enter, they may dive in some stuff and they may do some things when I'm not seeing. I don't know. But I know one thing. I am fighting for my kids, my wife, my marriage, my church, my city, my state. I'm gonna fight for it. No matter what devil tries to come up and try to challenge me, he's gonna have a fight on his hands. Yesterday. I had worship going on the TV on one side of the house. I had worship going on the TV in one of the boys' rooms in the middle of the house. And I had worship going on in the other side of the house. And we do that all the time. Just let that worship. I anoint my house every week. I go through my guy's stuff. Oh, Cody. Going to be 21. Daddy still goes through his drawers. My house... It's gonna be a house of blessing. We watched a movie with the kids this week. The curse it, it didn't work. Some movies don't work with a curse free. I pulled it out and I broke that D V D. It ain't staying in my house. Curse free don't work, it's not staying. I broke the D V D. Why? I'm not Lot. I'm a son of the most high God. And that enemy's not gonna come in and take my family. And you're not going to allow the enemy to come in and take your family, affect your finances. Now, I admit sometimes I know it may be a fight. And I know that they may be uproar and they may be pouting and they may be pouting. They may be pooting and they may be everything else. But I love and I care too much that I'm not going down with a fight. And I've been promised, Sister Pat, that we are going to win. And that's why I'm sharing all this with you today. Because there is a battle and there is a fight. And for so many people so long to live in denial and not want to believe it, then why is the church losing instead of winning and gaining since 1992? We have not increased in America. If anything, we've decreased. And righteousness and holiness and purity and the power of the blood. It's not preached as it's supposed to be preached. It's all about everything's okay. No, everything is not okay. That's where I'll go right there. It's contaminated. Let me give you a few scriptures. Look with me, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 5. Because I want you to see some things here in the Word. Look, Look at your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 5. How many of you know that we're talking? Brother Lou was talking about the Civil War today? How many of you know that, especially in those days, if a leg was gangrened, if you want to save the body, you've got to cut the limb? Well, how many of you know there's some things that need to be cut off? If you want to cut the gangrene from spreading, you've got to cut some things off. Because if you cut it off a little bit, it will come back. You've got to... To cut it off above the joint. I want you to see in Deuteronomy 20 verse 5, then the officer shall speak to the people saying, What man is there who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? How many know that right there? And you can go and read. It talks about dedicating your house. How many of you know we believe in dedicating houses, cars, babies, dedicating, we'll dedicate everything. Look at, uh, look with me in the book of Job. Look at Job chapter 22. Job 22. You know, there's people. Pastor, I need to go through deliverance again. Well, today I think the Spirit is saying maybe your house needs to go through deliverance or your car needs to go to deliverance so that you won't say anymore, I haven't stayed delivered. I'm back in it. Maybe this time we'll get free and we'll stay free. Amen. Boy, you are enthusiastic about this today, huh? Hallelujah. Look at Job 22, verse 20. I'm going to read it in the message translation. Give in to God and come to the terms with Him. And everything will run out just fine. Let Him tell you what to do. Take His words to heart. Come back to God Almighty and He will rebuild your life. Listen to what it says here in the message. Clean your house of everything evil. Clean your house. The King James says, Remove iniquity far from your tents. Somebody say, clean your house. house. Somebody say, clean your house. house. Now look with me in Zechariah chapter 5. Zechariah. 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 Zechariah chapter 5 verse 4. I know what time it is. Y'all just don't look at your clock. Zechariah chapter 5, verse 4. Look what it says. I will send out the curse, says the Lord of hosts. It shall enter into the house of the thief. Enter into the what? The what will enter? The curse will enter to the house. And the house of the one who swears falsely by my name, it shall remain in the midst of his house. Now look, look what it says. And consume it with its timbers and stones. Why did we read Leviticus 14, The timbers and the stones. Amen. So how do we get rid of it? Well, I'm glad you asked, let's go back over there Leviticus 14. Leviticus 14. Green speaks of envy, jealousy, mammon, gained wrong. Red speaks of hatred, sin, and anger. Those are the lines. I want to give that to you right quick. But listen to what it says in verse 48. But if the priest comes and looks, and if the disease has not spread in the house after the house was plastered, and the priest shall pronounce the house clean, for the disease is healed. And for the cleansing of the house, he shall, make, he shall take two small birds... With cedar wood and a scarlet yarn with hyssop. How many of you know it was a scarlet yarn that was hanging out of the window of Rahab? Why? Write this down. Scarlet yarn or scarlet string speaks of covenant. The wood speaks of the old rugged cross. And you shall take one of the birds in earthen vessel over fresh water. Fresh, fresh water speaks of spirit, life and judgment. The court speaks of a vow, covenant, and salvation. And shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop with the scarlet yarn, along with a live bird, and dip them in the blood of the bird that was killed, type of Christ, in the fresh water, judgment, and sprinkle the house seven times. Thus you shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird, and with the fresh water, and with the live bird, and with the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet yarn, and you shall take the live bird... Listen to this. You shall take the live bird, go out of the country, and you shall make an atonement for the house, and it shall be clean. For the law of any case of a leper's disease, for an itch, garment, or house, or the swelling, or the rupture of a spot, to show that it is unclean, and when it is clean, the law of the leper's disease. In other words, this is what you're supposed to do. You take a piece of wood that represents the cross. You get over a bucket of water. You take the bird. You kill it. You remove its head. The blood runs down the wood into the water. Blood purifies and atones for judgment. You take the living bird, you put the blood on the living bird, you go outside of the city, and the living bird with the blood on it, you let it go, which is a representation. Jesus took the curse and Jesus took the sins and He nailed it on the cross of Calvary. You've got to clean your house and cover your house with the blood of Jesus Christ. But listen. I can plead the blood over me all I want to as a husband. But sometimes my tongue gets out from under the blood.
0: And I've got to bring it
1: back, repent and bring it back under the blood. Maybe sometimes I get angry, my elbow gets out from under the blood and I'm not walking in the fruit of the Spirit. I've got to repent and get my elbow back from under the blood, out under the blood. Maybe there's something in my eyes, something in my mouth, my heart. Maybe there's somewhere in my life that got out from under the blood because I went back in the flesh or I started dealing with sin. I've got to get it back under the blood and be cleansed so that I can live in a cleansed and remain cleansed in a cleansed home. Every day I've got to resubmit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You need to cool to your house today. You need to anoint it with oil. And you need to say, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my home, over my living room, my bathroom. I already gave you the blessings written down what we'll to pray in each room. Walk your yard, anoint it with oil. The corner post. Anybody who lived here before and went through a divorce, innocent blood, perversion, adultery, whatever it may be. Today, I break that. I break that curse over this home, off of this yard, and I break it now in the name of Jesus, and I place it under the precious blood of Christ. Redeem it back. This house was atoned for. This car was atoned for by the blood of Jesus, because I decree it by the blood of Jesus right now. Amen. Now I want to end with one scripture and then I'm through. Genesis 35. We're almost there. Genesis 35. I want you to see this. Genesis 35. Look what it says. This is the living Bible. So Jacob told everyone in his household. So Jacob told everyone in his what? Now listen church, please, please, listen, to, don't go away. I'm, I'm giving you the closure here. Here we go. Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan stuff. Purify yourselves and put off, put on clean clothing. Who did he tell? His household. Get rid of the stuff that don't belong, young people. Get rid of the pagan stuff that don't belong. Because we are now going to Bethel, the house of God, where I will build an altar to God who answers my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. You hear what he's saying? He's saying, he's testifying. Kids, listen to me. God has been. Jacob's saying, kids, listen to me. God has been with me everywhere I've gone. He's been with me and He's blessed me in every situation. But I want to tell you something. You've got to cut off the sin. You've got to cut off the paganism. You've got to get it out of the house. Because we're going to the presence of God. And it says in verse 4, So they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and earrings. You see, they had it. They had it. They gave it to him. And he buried them under the great tree of Shechem. As they set out... Listen now... He got his household in order. Listen to this, church. He got his household in order. Look what it says. And they set out, and the terror from God spread over the people in all the towns of the area, so no one attacked Jacob's family. You hear it, church? No one attacked his family. No child molester. No drug lord. No untimely death. Because they had got rid of that which is sinful and contaminates the home. The home got freed. They got were able to live in the presence and the atmosphere of God. And everywhere they went, the fear of God fell on everyone, and it says, And no one was able to touch not one of Jacob's children. Do you see that, church? Do you see that? The devil had no room in his house. He says, if you got anything, you better give it. My wife, we had had an alarm system changed. And I had a thing full of letters that I keep letters and keep letters. And she wanted me to go through them. Well, some of it had social security and numbers and stuff like that. So I was burning it. And one of my boys came to me yesterday and he said, Daddy, could you burn this too? I don't feel right about it. Oh, just put it in the fire and let it burn to nothing. Bring me your stuff. I'm not going to tell you how evil. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, you're sinful. We're going to burn it. And son, I'll bless you now and I'll break the curse or any words or anything. Anything from any other paganism religions that was on that jewelry. I'll break it off of you in this home, in this land, in Jesus' name. And we burn it. Jacob burned it, and no one was able to sickness and disease was not able to touch his family. And it says, "Look, look at verse nine. Now that Jacob had returned from Daram, Aram, whatever that is, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God, God's not talking to me. I haven't heard God in a long time. God appeared to him again." After the filth was burnt out of the house. And it says, God blessed him, saying, Your name is Jacob, but you will not be known as Jacob the heel any longer. For now your name shall be Israel the prince. So God renamed him Israel. Then God says, I want to talk to you like I did Abraham. I am El Shaddai, the God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply and become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land once I gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob. And Jacob set up a stone, a pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him. Then he poured the wine over it and he gave the blessing to God. And Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house Of God because God had spoken to him there. I don't want to be blessed. I want my house to be blessed. But it's a family thing. And it's a spiritual thing to walk as a priest uprightly in our homes. But, Daddy, I want to watch that. We can't. I want to buy that. We can't. I want to go there. We can't. Why can I have this? We can't. Because I love you. And I want this house to be the house of Bethel. I want to hear from God. And I want God, to. when I hear him, I want him to say, I bless you. And nothing can touch your home or your family. Wow. Wow. It's under God. It's under God's hand. So he cleaned his house. And what I want to share with you today, if we want to really enjoy the blessings of God, we've got to clean out our houses and clean out our cars pray that if there was anything, dedicate your house, your business, anything, you weren't the first original owners of it, anything you might be renting or living in that was already built or coexisted, even maybe something done through a a rotten, low-down contractor who stole stuff to build it and brought a curse upon that place. You say, he might have tried breaking a curse, but I pronounce a blessing over it. I pronounce a blessing over it. I break any continuation of foreclosures that were connected to this car or this house or this property or anything else. I break the spirit of poverty and debt over this home and I decree the blessings of God rule and reign over this home and over our lives in Jesus name. The terror of the Lord. You know, some people complain about, you know, mother-in-law jokes. Oh Lord, when she comes, oh God, you get your house blessed. The terror of the Lord will fall upon her. And you'll sit down and have a good old time. <laughs> the blessings of God, the blessing of God, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. You need to say, my kids, you're not going to jail. You're not going to end up in rehab or military school. You are not going to make a fool of yourself. You you do not need to tell them the things that you are trying. You don't want them to do, but yet you're cursing them and doing it. You need to decree, you're my daughter and I'm proud of you. I love your spirit. I love your heart. I think you're beautiful. I think you're precious. You need to, you need to speak blessings over your wife. When you hear your wife or your husband, your wife says... I hate my feet. You need to grab the, oh, I love those beautiful web feet. <laughs> you hear a husband say, oh, I wish I was tall. I don't. I think you're a king among men just like you are. You're speaking blessing. I hate myself. I hate my hair. You need to say, I think you're beautiful. I think you're lovely. No one can compare to you. The blessing makes rich. It enriches your wife, your husband, and it makes you. You are being a blessing when you bless. Sister Anita sent me some email, and I, I don't know how to work the email, so I didn't get to read it, but she said something so good that she told me she put in there about what the Lord showed her out of a number of things, and Job was when Job prayed or blessed His friends. God turned it around and started blessing Job. Bless everybody you can and the blessings will come back on you. Amen? Let's stand up.